And if you want to know how to get next to that child that's not your child, quit going to the psychologist. Quit listening to Dr. Phil. Start going into the Bible. Look at the Proverbs and see what God says about how to raise a child, any child, every child. listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Hoare Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. Glad you're with us today as we continue our look at Matthew chapter 1 and a message called Raising Another Man's Baby. And pastor, we began to look at Joseph and his character who is involved in raising our Lord Jesus. There are many people listening today who are a part of blended families, blending families as we've already talked about. And there may be a mom, there may be a dad who is struggling to know how to really connect with that child that was not theirs biologically. But now they're living under the same roof. And they're called to be mom. They're called to be dad to those little ones. And uh, they're struggling to do that because that was not their biological child. Yes. And here's what I tell people all the time, Steve. Quit pulling out your hair and start pulling out your Bible. <laughs> yeah. That when you begin to look at what the Bible says, God gives us insight that will assist us in learning the child. And here's a misquoted scripture. Train up a child in the way he should go. I looked up the Hebrew word go. It literally means bent. So think about this. The word picture is this, going into a forest, looking at trees to get a tree to build something. So if I were going in the forest and I wanted to build a canoe, uh, would I get a tree that was straight or a tree that was bent? Oh, you're going to go for a straight one. Okay. I'm going to go for a straight one for a canoe. Well, or what if I was going to do a door? Well, it all depends on what you're, how you're going to build it, I guess. Right. So if I want a canoe, which is curved, I'll go for a curved tree. If I want a door, I'll go for a straight tree. Now, that's what the word literally means. Train up a child in the way they are bent. Mm -hmm. In other words, God has put personality, intellect, emotion, will in the child. Now it's my job to discover what God has deposited in that child Mm -hmm. and work with God in seeing that child develop into who God desires that child to be. Yeah. Well, with that, grab a Bible and join us in Matthew chapter 1 as we continue this message, Raising Another Man's Baby. Here is Pastor Ford. Second characteristic, commitment, respect that covers. So the first is character reinforced in the crisis because it's the crisis that makes us. But commitment, respect that covers. So what does Joseph say? I will not have her stoned. I'm going to give her a writ of divorce privately. I don't even want nobody else to know. Here's the third characteristic. Let's see if we can finish it. So then, how do you raise another person's child? Here you go. Communication, revelation that confirms. Now, here's what the text tells us, uh, that Joseph goes to sleep. He's got all this drama, yet he can sleep. That's called the peace of God that passeth all understanding. His life is tore up from the floor up. And what is peace? Inner tranquility in the midst of outer turbulence. And he has it. He can go to sleep. But see, if you have faith in God, uh, you'll pray about the issues before you go to sleep. And God, who works the night shift, will work it out even while you're trying to figure it out. 
Amen. It's like the old preacher would say, uh, why should I stay up? God works the night shift. One of us might as well get some rest. And so get this. What do you mean? Revelation that confirms. All right. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. Go to Luke chapter 1 with me. Turn to Luke chapter 1. And I want to show you something. Now, what in the world does the angel Gabriel say to Mary? Yeah, in Luke chapter 1. The angel visits Mary. Uh, verse 26 of chapter 1. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign on and on and on. Let me read it over here. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. They were on the same page spiritually. They both had a word from God. Don't you minimize that. Don't you let that go right over your head. Revelation that confirms. In other words, this is an impossible situation. Hey, how are you going to deal with this when you go down uh, to the bar to get yourself a root beer, Joseph, when everybody laughing and snickering and saying, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, talking about she was pregnant by some invisible spirit. You know, she hooked up with that Roman soldier, man. People don't get, and, and, and can you imagine now, he's got to have confidence in knowing that God uh, has given him a word that you don't have to worry, this baby's not a Roman soldier's baby, this is my child. And they both have the same message. That's why if you're in a relationship and you're having an issue, go to the word and obey it. And so what happens? They are not unequally yoked. See, we always talk about it. You can't be hooked up with God and hooked up with somebody who ain't. I know I said ain't. But do you know you can be unequally yoked spiritually? Yes, you can. You can be hooked up with a carnal Christian who says, you ain't giving all this money to no church. I remember I married some folk. I learned from marrying folk. The first person I married set the stage uh, for my counseling ministry because I didn't counsel them or anything. They came in. They lived across the street. We want to get married on his birthday, which was three days. I said, well, you need some counseling. Well, we'll do it after, which they did not. And their marriage lasted about seven months. And uh, it was like, wow, you know what? I can't be doing this. I'm responsible for this. And so I set up my counseling. So then now... If you are, quote, unquote, of two different faiths, denominations, I'll marry you because I married a Baptist and a Pentecostal. And one of the things I said to them was this, hey, now, well, how are you going to deal with this? And we talked about, we had two sessions on this. And you know why they divorced? Because she said, I'm tired of speaking in tongues all over the place. I don't want to go with him. It's crazy over there. I come from a church where we sit and listen and it's quiet. They too know I can't even understand the sermon because every other word is amen and say amen and praise the Lord. And, and, and you know, I, I just can't take it anymore. I can't take it. 
I said, but I told, I told you guys how to work this out, but, but it ain't going to work. And he said, it ain't going to work because she ain't got no Holy Ghost. She ain't got nothing. That's why they divorced. And I said, okay, that's it for me. I learned that. You know, go see somebody else. I'm sorry. Go see somebody else. I can't do it because I feel accountable for when I hook people up. Yeah, and so, and so what happened? Samson in Judges 14, 7, read the whole chapter. He had a how long a marriage? How many days? Seven days, one week. Why? Because he and his boo were not equally yoked. And they were not committed to solve problems biblically. They're on the same page. You know, some of us, uh, we're not resolved to solving problems biblically either. Remember the woman who said, I'm tired of arguing with you. We've been married for six years, and we didn't argue uh, almost all six years. So I'm just going to pray that God would kill one of us. And, and then when he kills one of us, then I'll move to Florida and live with my sister. See, you need the conviction that the God who brought you together can keep you together. They've got a holy hookup. Here's what the Lord is saying to him. The Lord is saying, Joseph, your intimate pain is part of my ultimate plan. Wow. When I learned that, it changed my relationship with my wife. When I understood that sometimes she was the hammer and chisel in the hand of God that chip off a Ford Ford so more of the Lord can be seen. And so what happens? Notice something. Joseph was afraid. What's the first thing the angel says? Fear not. Will you be a fool not to be afraid when somebody else's child is involved? Uh, because remember now, and let me just say this. I'm going to say it right now. Everybody is not cut out to be a Joseph. Everybody is not cut out to be in a blending family and raise another man or another woman's children. So here's what you got to do from the very beginning. For some of you, it's too late. Don't even look at a person with children. If you know you ain't called to this, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, then don't even look. I don't care how fine she is. I don't care what he has. If you know ain't no way I'm messing with somebody else's kids. I ain't even like my brothers and my sisters. <laughs> Let alone mess with somebody else's kids. Right? Then don't even look. Be like my spiritual daughter, Katrina. She would not date anybody with children because she was a virgin, saving herself for her husband. And she said, he don't have to be a virgin, but he can't have kids. And so a brother who was an elder here tried to step to her and said, you know, I just want to take you out. She said, well, first of all, you need to know I don't date to date, I date to mate. So I have to be interested in the person toward matrimony, and I let everybody know up front. Somebody said, that's too quick. No, because if the person is not right, then you telling them up front, I just don't date the date. I date uh, when I want to explore whether this is the person that God is leading in my life for me to marry. Then if all they after is just your body, then see you wouldn't want to be you. They, they ain't wasting their time. Yeah, I don't have sex before marriage. Okay, I, I, yeah, I understand, yeah. Okay, well, you know, that's all right. 
And so he stepped to her. He came to me and said, you know, I was talking to your spiritual daughter, and she wouldn't even date me. And what you coming to telling me for? I already knew it. You ain't informing me of nothing. Yeah, but I want you to talk to her and tell her I'm a nice guy. Yeah, I got a daughter, but, you know, she's nice about Man, you better get up out of my face. And that's what I told him, too. He said, why you say that, Pastor, like that? She has a standard. You want me to go and ask her to lower her? Pastor, what do you mean she ain't lowering her standard? Yes, she is. You trying to say I'm a lower standard? No, I'm trying to say her standard is you can't have a child. You have one. In her criteria, that's a demotion. That disqualifies you, bro. Yeah, it's a deal breaker. Yeah, so hey, you know. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Raising Another Man's Baby. And we're going to get back to this teaching in just a moment. You know, if you ever miss the program, you can always listen online by coming to treasuretruthradio.org. You can download an MP3 or you can stream the program through your mobile device or your computer. But maybe as you're listening, there's a question that arises and you're wondering, how does what Pastor Ford's teaching on apply to my life? Or how does this certain passage that I've been reading, what does that mean for me? And how do I interpret that in a biblical and accurate way? We well, can always ask your question by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and click on the contact link. Let's get back to the message. Once again, here's Pastor Ford. And so what happens? You know, sometimes what we got to realize is this. I remember I, I was uh, flying somewhere. I don't remember where. But the plane came from a short distance. And then when, they, when we got on, the pilot said, this is your pilot, and uh, we're going to be here for a few minutes. And everybody, oh. Well, folks, uh, we have to de-ice the plane. So I said, well, that makes sense to me. I know what it is. So the flight team went by and said, I want to ask you a question. I mean, it's sunny weather here. Why are you de-icing the plane? Are we going? You know, is it snow where we're going? I thought it was bad. No, no, no. The plane just had a half-hour trip. But it came from a place where it stayed out all night in the ice and the snow. So it could make the short trip over here because they didn't have what it took to de-ice the plane. We do here. And so we de-ice the plane. I said, wow. They had to de-ice the plane because it spent the night in a cold climate that kept it from being able to fly and reach its destination. You ain't going to pray with me. In other words, sometimes in a relationship, you got to de-ice. Yeah, de-ice. Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. De-ice. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. You shall find rest unto your soul. De-ice. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. De-ice, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. De-ice, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and those who are the call according to his purpose. De-ice, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? De-ice, de-ice, de-ice. Notice this. Watch this. Number one, God initiates this. 
Listen, everybody's running around. I need an answer. You talking to Lottie Dottie and everybody. Hey, we're doing this. We're going through this. You're talking to the wrong people. Even if you come to me first, which I'm always the last one, you're talking to the wrong people. Talk to God. Remember what happened when the twins in her stomach were wrestling with each other? What'd she do? She inquired of the Lord, what's going on in my belly? In your belly is two nations. Yeah, you're two kids, and the second is going to rule over the first. God told her everything about her children before her children were born. Why? Because children are heritage of the Lord. And if you want to know how to get next to that child that's not your child, quit going to the psychologist. Quit listening to Dr. Phil. Start going into the Bible. Look at the Proverbs and see what God says about how to raise a child, any child, every child. So get this. Why did God speak to him? Because he wanted to do what's right. So if you don't want to do what's right, maybe that's why God's not speaking to you. Because some of us just want it good for us. Joseph wants what's best for her. And so God says, let me tell you, I'm going to initiate this thing. I'm going to show you how to solve this thing. Notice something else, number two. He deals with Joseph's emotions first. Fear not. Why does he deal with his emotions first? Holler it out, somebody. The flesh is always the first responder. Listen, we need to learn this. I learned this a long time ago. My first reaction is generally wrong. Not all the time. Most of the time it is. Why? Because my flesh is the first responder. You say to my own life, something happened uh, uh, unexpectedly. Like a lady, this just happened two nights ago. I'm in food for less. Getting something from a sugar babe. She's on a blackberry cake. So they had them two for $4. This lady in the big old aisle got her cart sideways. I'm coming down. I'm singing. I'm happy. No, 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 no. I don't know what I was singing. I was singing something, you know. And, and, and I'm getting close, and I'm saying, she see me. She see me. And my first response is, put your head up in the air and act like you don't, and just boom. And you supposed to be a Christian. <laughs> That's my first response. That's my first reaction. She saw me. You want to have your cart up in the way. Move on out the way. Other people are shopping. You're the only one shopping. Got your cart sideways. And so finally, you know, after, after that, I'm getting close and I, and I said, excuse me, ma'am. I said, yes? Your cart's in my way. I can't get by. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> my point is, the flesh is usually the first responder. I'm so glad I got a little spirit in me. Amen. Number three, the third thing he does is he reminds Joseph, of his commitment to his wife. Don't even be afraid to take her as your wife. And then get this. He reminds him of the divine purpose. What did we say? I, James 4, take thee, Leslie Ann Moore, to be my lawfully wedded wife in sickness and health and poverty and wealth until death do us part. That's what I tell people all the time. Hey, well, my marriage has survived some things. 
survive my infinite infidelity, her infidelity, the loss of three children and uh, being without a job for two years and all this kind of mess, all kind of mess, wife sick 23 years. We've survived some things, but it isn't because of us. It's only because of the fact that we've been committed to live the life that God says we ought to live as a married couple. I'm committed to the Word, and the Word then was able to do the thing. And some of you know what I'm talking about, because some of you have been through it. You shared it with me. We've been through this. We almost had a divorce, but yet the Word kept you together. Amen. Somebody said, the Word keeping me together now. Because <laughs> it wasn't for the Word. <laughs> Uh, and so he tells him, number four, of the divine purpose. Verses 20 through 23, this child has a divine purpose, and you are part of the fulfillment of it. Wow. Remember Malik? Remember Malik? Malik, there's a boy named Malik. His mother was a Muslim. And uh, one day, uh, she slammed his head against the wall, and, and she let the wrong person see it. He, she let Sister Lyle see it. And Sister Lyles went up and said, if you ever do it again, I'm going to slam your head into the wall. Uh, anybody know Sister Lyles? Anybody remember Sister Lyles? You know she would have done it. She said, don't you ever. And then they began, they led, Pastor Lyles and Sister Lyles led him to Christ. Pastor Lyles and Sister Lyles let him come to her house and began to teach him. He accepted the Lord. He got baptized, all that kind of stuff. He was only then, how old was he then? About eight years old. Eight years old. But, but guess what? They led his mama to Christ, came out of the Muslim faith, led his mama to Christ. Let, let me make a long story short. He was straight F student uh, when he came into Impact Ministries, and by the time he left, he was a straight A student because the people said, press the loud and his wife. God used them. They were surrogate parents for a whole lot of folks. And let me tell you what he is now today. He's a major in the U.S. Air Force. That's what he is. Yeah, and that's because of what you and your wife did and put in his life. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. A message called Raising Another Man's Baby comes from Matthew chapter 1, taking a look at the character, the commitment, the communication, and so much more from Joseph. And man, so much that we can apply to our lives today. Maybe you want to listen to this again. You can do that by coming to the website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, one of the uh, things that's so encouraging about being involved in a ministry like this is regular feedback from listeners talking about how God is using this program in their lives. Yes, they're growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, some of them don't have the opportunity at times to get to Bible study. Uh, sometimes uh, they don't get the chance to study on their own at home. Yeah. Uh, but they turn on their radio, and uh, Moody Radio is there. Uh, the plethora of teachers and uh, good, sound teaching, and they're able to be edified and built up. And so I know that our listeners want to support us with one-time gifts and monthly gifts. And remember, yeah. no gift is too small because it's not what I do with a million if a million would be my lot. But it's what I'm going to do right now with a dollar and quarter I got. <laughs> well, if you would like to uh, give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift, you can do that easily by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org. Look for that link that says make a donation and you can give your gift safely and securely online both the ongoing monthly gift and the one-time gift. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org.
www.treasuredtruth.org. Thanks for giving. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll join us next time here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.